Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. All right, all right, all right. We're back. Number three, mobile home park manager due diligence. Who are these park managers? What do they want? And are they going to cause us problems or be the greatest asset to us ever? Uh, Bill, thank you for joining me yet again. And yes. uh, please, with all your experience, uh, you must have some mobile home park manager due diligence. Uh, great stories, uh, nightmares, uh, blessings, everything in between. Yes. Um, thanks, John. Um, yeah, so uh, currently... Um, there's a park uh, manager that I um, am working with, and uh, we've completed two uh, deals in this park. When I first went into the park, I, I always go and introduce myself to the park manager, as you recommend, and so there's no surprises. Find out what the qualifications are, you know, all the stuff that's in your program. Um, and in this particular case, he told me that he didn't want me to work in the park because I told him, I, you know, I buy and fix and sell them and park approved buyers and, you know, all of that. And he said, no. And I said, could I ask why? And he said, well, I've had contractors in here do that. And two things happen. They rent them and they'll pull them out of the park. And I said, well, I'm not going to rent and, and I wouldn't pull one. So you don't have that concern with me. And he said, I still don't want you to do it. Well, there was a realtor in the park uh, who if you buy a house for 25000 and you put 10000 down, the, the uh, realtor will finance $15,000. They charge 24%, so it's a little steep, but they will do it. And so I said, well, you're allowing this realtor to work in this park, correct? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, they finance them. I finance them, but I'm going to fix them, and they won't. And he's, he's totally stopped for about 10 seconds, and he goes, okay, I'll give you a shot with one. So I was working on that one and uh, was about halfway through, and he called me and asked me if I wanted to look at another one, and he, he had already demoed the house. The whole thing needed to be redone. Uh, he demoed the house, uh, took all the appliances, carpet, toilets, sinks, everything out, and I, at first I didn't want to do it, but I went ahead and did it. Turned out great. Um, first deal I did in the park was great. And so, uh, and now he wants me to look at two more. I have too many on my plate at the moment, so I told him I have to finish the ones I'm working on because I can get excited and, and get too many deals going at once. So I told him I'd have to wait. Um, so that I'm a great park manager. You know, likes us has even bent the rules a few times. Uh, for us, and so uh, us being my wife and Dixie, um, and so then there's another two other ins. Oh, go ahead. Well, the uh, I wanted to interject because that is so the. Whew, I mean, what what you said right there. Now that is a that's not too common. So there's three types for the for the, for the folks listening. Um, there's three types of park managers typically, and please. Um, Bill, kind of cooperate this or, or interject. Uh, there's three types. The majority by far are park managers that are indifferent. They come to work every day. They're average people. Um, they 
Don't mind if you're investing there. Please follow the rules. Please get approved. Don't rent. Follow all our rules. Don't make any waves and go about your business. That's the majority of park managers, and that's fine. Then there's the the smaller piece of pie that's sort of the next level down and they these park managers as soon as you go into their office as soon as you say what you're there to do and you you kind of give the introduction that that we are that we practice and that we give um to introduce yourself they will see you as a dollar sign they'll want you to get in their golf cart they have five properties they used to work with someone who did this now they don't and oh boy do they have something to give you and they will bend over backwards giving you concessions free lot rent etc and that's the next level down, which is very good. We, we love those par- park managers. And then the, the third minority uh, is the type of park manager that doesn't want you there. And that's who you ran into, Bill. They, and they typically don't want you there because there's either a corporate policy, which may or may not be accurate, but the corporate policy could say something to the effect of everyone who buys a home has to live in the home. And then also park managers don't want you there because they invest themselves and they don't want the competition. Or the one that you, so that's two. And then the third reason most common is that they've been burned by uh, an investor or someone, like you said, a contractor before in the past where they've bought a home and they've removed it. They bought a home, they said they'd repair it and they didn't. They bought a home, they didn't make any payments. And I love what you did because you knew that you were an asset and, and when you, you, you really wanted to find out, well, why you know, why can't I go in this park? Like you knew what you wanted to do. You were willing to walk the, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk. Now he didn't know you from a hole in the ground, but I like how you pushed a little further and you said, well, that's what this realtor is doing. That's what I want to do. And I would liken it to how we say something to the effect of, you know, listen, Mr. Park manager, Mrs. Park manager, I want to have a long relationship with you. We don't, you don't know me from a hole in the ground. I know I have to crawl before I walk here, but that's what I want is the chance to, you know, bring up the revenue in this park, maybe bring in a home in the future and then do business with you. So that mindset and what you did, whether it was uh, just out of sort of, you know, realistic curiosity or you were just sort of pushing because you knew that whatever resistance that that park manager had was just sort of, uh, subjective or sort of put on you based on a past experience that he had. So just great right. job altogether. And then, so now you said that you did this one deal, plus he wants, he's now showing you your second and third and fourth deal in that part. Yeah. He, so we did, we did one deal. He gave me a shot to do one. And then he called when I was about halfway through and he had come and looked at it and said, Hey, you're doing a great job. And I said, thanks. We'll be another week or, you know, whatever it was time-wise. And, uh, and then he called one day and said, would you like another one? And I was a little surprised because he didn't want me in there at the beginning. I was kind of walking on eggshells to make sure I didn't goof, goof up. And, uh, so I said, well, let me look at it. And so he, uh, um, I tried to give him a dollar to do it, and he said no because it's a corporate. Um, uh, Cal Am is the company, huge oh, company yeah. out of California, and they own it. And uh, and uh, he actually managed like fifteen of them in the past. He's in his eighties now. So I said, when are you going to slow down? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's still going. But uh, um, but anyway, he uh, he sold it to us for a thousand dollars, including a month's rent. So and the rent there is five forty. So basically four hundred sixty bucks for this 
uh, one and we, you know, completely redid it. And it, and the first one and this one are now the nicest two <laughs> in the park, according to everybody who walks by. So, uh, so they like it. Now they want us to look at two more. Tell so. me about that. Um, my philosophy when I'm purchasing mobile homes and that's one of the things i love about this business you can purchase a mobile home in a park on its own private land in a uh on, a, on its own private land that has to be moved to something else and yeah. there's a few other very var- variations and then when we're purchasing a mobile home we can purchase it uh obviously they, they may need repairs it may be handyman special it may be beautiful it may be anything in between and how we sell it which this will be another po- podcast, but we always want to do repairs based on our sellers. You know, over improving uh, and overspending on a mobile home is one of the easiest things you can do uh, to not recoup your money, to overspend. And it basically comes down to not understanding who your buyer is. So, with all that said, though, the, the two that you said were the nicest in the park, it sounds mm-hmm. like where my strategy mostly is to purchase and then resell it and resell it as a typical sort of handyman special. We, we, we do some work to the home, but we don't fix it up to the nines. But Correct. going back to these two deals, how did, were, were they fixed up just immaculate and sold for top price? Or what did they – I mean, obviously, the park manager was, was happy. He, he saw some of the Correct. progress. Was, was it mostly interior work, exterior work? Um, well, we painted the outside of both of them. Um, the roofs and now they're they're single wides and they have metal roofs. Okay, um, both of them did. Um, but and so realistically, there's newer homes that I mean truly do look nicer because they're shingle roofs and all that. <laughs> but but they, we painted inside and out. Um, one of the the second one we got was I mean we we redid both bathrooms uh, the kitchen the kitchen is huge with a center island cook a range hood I mean it's a beautiful nice. kitchen and and so we just redid everything new flooring throughout new carpet throughout new uh, laminate throughout uh, new countertops in the kitchen wow. uh, I mean we totally went through now. I did it as an experiment, okay? okay? It's not what I did. I did 17 mobile homes the way you teach <laughs> and buy them and then finance them out, don't touch them. I did a, I did 15 that way. One I cleaned and the other one I put $3,000 into. The other 15 I just told people I haven't had time to do anything. It's as is, handyman special. And I did a bunch. I mean, uh, you know, we did a bunch. In four and a half months, we did 17 houses. So, But I wanted to try this because the first one um, we bought for $6,500. I'm sorry, we bought for $7,000, put $6,500 in, $6,500, and then sold it for $20,000. So we netted $6,500, and we had it 32 days. We painted it inside and out, um, did not, we cleaned the carpet. Um, structurally, we didn't do anything. Uh, we, we restained the deck. It was a huge deck with a ramp and beautiful deck, but it was faded, so we redid all that. Um, resealed the roof and did all that. Um, and so made six thousand five hundred dollars in thirty-two days. So I thought that's a great deal. So we went to the next one, and was that because it, was, that, was that a cash a cash sale? Cash, 
Yes, cash. So and, netted sixty five hundred dollars. Uh huh. Now, in in your in 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 the area that that you're in, um, the fifteen before that ballpark, how many were um, payment type offers, move in fee, and then monthly payments? Um, five, six. I think six out of seventeen. Wow. So that's great. Okay. So if you can sell them for cash, sell them for cash. Yeah, if you I've, can... I've been fortunate, great. John. Yeah, I've I've had. I mean, I've had pretty good luck with. Um, I don't know. I just seem to happen upon people who uh, have cash. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> luck is no. Uh, you yeah. What is the what's what's the quote? Uh, luck favors the prepared. Or the, yeah, the, the harder I work, the, the luckier I yeah. get. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So the second one we we um, put sixteen thousand dollars into, which we did not plan on doing, but we did. And uh, um, and for folks that are new, um, we we had we went and re-leveled the house because it was an older home and had been sitting a while, and re-leveled it uh, again, painted it outside we redid the whole inside um carpet throughout laminate floors throughout new bathrooms new kitchen because everything had been taken out so we put in way more money than we expected um sold it for 24.5 so that's $8,500 no not on cash it's 15,000 down so we have almost all our money back and then um finance out uh and we actually did it at 18 percent, so it'll be four thousand dollars in in interest oh, um so it's actually uh, uh twelve thousand five hundred with the interest that we'll make uh, net so that worked out okay too um a little nervous because it's a lot more money and <laughs> i i don't want to do that i don't, now now that i've done it i don't want to do that i like your method better <laughs> A little bit of cosmetic and then cut it loose. Um, well, and that was my, uh, I was going to sort of make that comment that for the folks listening, you, that's not something I would recommend to anybody getting started. We, I want to, folks no. who are starting the path of least resistance. Yeah. Uh, and it's not investing that much money doing repairs whole. Now, all, how, you spent uh, all that money. How long did that take to renovate? And were you doing the um, repairs or? No, I had a, a contractor, um, a contractor that had just been licensed as a contractor, so he had been a handyman before. Okay. So it was twenty bucks an hour, which is very reasonable for a contractor. Correct. So, uh, so it took a month. Uh, it took a month to do. That's a um, so we did. We did have to pay a month's rent uh, because of that, which I don't like doing either, but. I wanted to I wanted to find out. It's one of the things, you know, instead of just doing the same thing over and over, I wanted to try something different, see how it would work. It worked great the first time, the second time we put more money into it than we expected. Um it worked out fine, but um you know, talking about overfixing, um I've overfixed another one because I had a problem with a contractor. Uh, and I'm $25,000 into this project and it's a single wide two bedroom. Let me, let me stop you right there because that is okay. a good story. Um, and we ran out of time, but we okay. are, uh, that will be in a, the, uh, coming soon, uh, podcast on fixing and over fixing. Um, okay. We're going to talk about that one. Cause that's a, 
that is a crazy story. But you, it's it's so it's great because all these crazy stories, all these the, the good things, the the things that we miss on, and we we can't be an investor without picking up both ends of the stick. And you, yep. we get we get to have these fun stories. And I consider them fun, maybe not in the moment, but certainly afterwards they make good conversation. <laughs> in hindsight, yeah. And, we, <laughs> and and without that, we, I mean, that is that's the initiation in this club of active and I, I guess successful and long term real estate investors. If you don't have those stories, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you're not investing, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and thank you so much for being here again, Bill. Welcome. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 